Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The boyhood dream has come true. All of you, stop to me. You're about to find out how ugly mankind can really be. Myself and the click are gonna dance all over your face. Talk about your psalms, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Review Remote Edition. We are here via the Icapro Power DeLorean on the road to WrestleMania 12 as the other Cultaholic lads talk about some other nonsense that's gone on in wrestling. I'm, you know. It's been a quiet week, hasn't it? Who pee wee? I be fake Geordie, radio presenter with that portfolio, Tom Campbell. I'm with uh, the mulligan to my O'Hare, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando. I say I'm with you. We're still apart. Touch me. Touch me through the screen. Touch me. I want to feel your body. All right, Sam Whoa. Fox. That was the oh. wrong noise to be making at the mention of the Sam oh. um, Hi, Tom. How's everything How's everything in the Atkins shelter? It's, it's, it's been quite busy, hasn't it? It's a yeah. Friday night. I'm sitting there, just you know, listening to podcast, playing on my switch. And my phone starts blowing up. I was like, "What's this?" I had a look, text my mate Phil. He's like, "Oh, quiet weekend for you then." I was like, "What are you talking about?" Opened up, opened up ah! Twitter. I was like, "Oh my god, Vince has gone." <laughs> <laughs> at what time was oh, this? Was it about half nine, ten o'clock at night? Yes, yeah, yeah. It was. It was around nine yesterday. That it that he retired, that he announced his retirement. Because yeah. uh, I know that with I know you. I was intrigued as to sort of what, where you and what you're doing and when you heard because you are probably living life the best way because you've said to me that you don't have the work chat um, client on your mobile no, phone. No, not at all. Um, as soon as I clock off, I clock off, kind of thing. I'll keep an eye on stuff, and you know I've got wrestling things on my Twitter, but if I'm I'm, I'm all. If you're playing Minecraft and you're, you know, listening yeah. to a podcast, you're not going to be thinking about checking I, your phone. I, I are wouldn't you? be able to switch off. Otherwise, I'm one of those people. Like, the amount of unread emails I've got is zero. The amount of notifications I've got, as soon as I get a notification, I have to look at it. So, for with the amount that work chat goes off, but uh, no, I was I was informed by text, and then Saturday night I did the Ring of Honor, um, Death Before Dishonor live results as well. So it's been. A busy weekend. We were contemplating recording yesterday, which was the Monday, which was all the fallout from Vince, Triple H, Jonathan Gresham. And I was like, ah, 
I think I've got to write news today. <laughs> I think I've got to do another yeah. job today. That's a shame for everybody. Yeah, so hence why this is a day late and a buck short. Uh, but thank you for sticking with us. I was, so you were playing, what game were you playing on your Switch? Were Just you Minecraft and still, yeah. I've got some projects on the go, yeah. which is very nice. Yeah. Nice. Is it a memorial to Vince McMahon's uh, career? Yeah. <laughs> Well. <laughs> it's just him handing over massive bodges of money. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, Alex and I were watching uh, How to Build a Sex Dungeon. Which is a Netflix okay. <laughs> that we both got into. I put this on Twitter because Denise Salcedo asked, uh, she said, oh, where, what were you doing when you found out Vince McMahon retired? And I said, truth, uh, Alex and I were watching How to Build a Sex Dungeon. And somebody replied with, oh, what have you two got planned? I just replied, a sex dungeon. <laughs> yeah. Duh. And then and then it was just like all hands to the pumps all of a sudden. I just said to Alex, right. And it's great because Alex gets it. Alex gets this whole wrestling thing. She doesn't, she doesn't necessarily love it, but she yeah. gets it. So when I said, oh, I might need to just jump on the, jump on the laptop for a minute. She said, what's happened? I went, Vince McMahon's retired. And she went, holy shit. I was like, yeah, he's waited till nine o'clock on a fucking Friday night to do it. Yeah. So I, I was, I, I felt all right because after half five, Justin Henry uh, off of America would usually keep an eye on America. the news so we can put anything in. And obviously on Friday, so we had Justin on the case and uh, the tribal editor-in-chief Aidan Gibbons jumped on. So I was like, nothing for me to do. I'm just going to just watch all this unfold. So <laughs> I'm just going to watch the yeah. carnage. And carnage it was. And that is carnage that has continued to roll on this week. We found out uh, on Monday, late Monday, why he retired so quickly. So yeah. that was... That was a thing. But we are back at a time where Vince's voice metaphorically and physically and literally still resides across the world of wrestling. We are back Monday Night Raw in 1996. And we're on the road to WrestleMania 12, as I said at the beginning of the show, uh, which is uh, a really exciting time because, you know, Shawn Michaels' click, not the actual click, but the, the fan base known as the click, they're having, they're living their best life at the moment, and uh, we're going to get into what was happening in the world of wrestling with Jackins. But before that, how are the cats? Uh, <laughs> so we took just pivoted you there. You thought we we're going to get did, into yeah. it, like are we bollocks? We, no, we, we took Louis's delightful fruit collar off yesterday because, to, to, to be frank, it smelled of piss. So <laughs> it just it it stank, and. Um, why is he pissing on know. it? I, I don't think he's been pissing Aww. on it, but I think it's just been getting caught on his litter when he's having a piss. And oh, he's always, him. he just kept licking it, thinking it was him. So he took it off and thought, his back feels okay, we'll take it off. And then apparently, according to Sean, he spent two hours nonstop grooming himself and made his back bad again. So I cleaned it and it's back on him again. So... <laughs> <laughs> Bless yeah, him. I was, uh, I was little, little meaty pubs. Meaty pubs. He's the vet called him stocky. Oof. The vet called him stocky. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's fine. I left him this morning. I, I thought I might make it back in time to, to to bring him onto the podcast this week, but I've just been so busy here. I just went. I must just jump downstairs and do yeah. it. We had a, we had a little bit of fun, a little bit of excitement this morning uh, in our house. I don't know whether you'll be able to appreciate it through there, but we had a pigeon turner Ooh. Uh, in the. Uh, in, on the on the veranda, Ooh. you might just about make out a pigeon yeah. there. And Pablo, as you can see, little stocky boy, 
is in absolute awe of this pigeon that is just there mocking him. <laughs> just mocking him. Oh, hey. And there he goes! Oh, you! But then the pigeon, the pigeon did about three attempts to fly away and then landed again. I, and now, I was worried that maybe the pigeon was hurt. I'd have to go and attend to the pigeon. But I think it's more a case the pigeon was just taking the mick out of the cat. When you said tend to the pigeon, my first thought was just you staving its head in with a spade. <laughs> just like... <laughs> get it a little plaster or something or or like lift it up and, and pop it over the top there he goes again go on get him pab pab was having it pab was few pab hates pigeons hates pigeons <laughs> and i heard like a lot of crashing in the front room and ma- meowing i was like oh god what's he done now he's just trying to get a piece of that pigeon <laughs> didn't and then eventually he flew off and it was and pablo looked very annoyed by the whole yeah thing. got away furious, furious boy furious boy he wanted to kill that pigeon stone dead <laughs> but alas he did not um so he's fine all is good in that all good in that boy's world as far as i know um I'm trying to think if there's any other gossip to fill you in on anything from here that i need to tell you about um i don't think there is uh aiden's ghostbusters mug has started doing the rounds again i don't know where that went for a while but there's a ghostbusters mug in the cupboard upstairs yeah the, the weird square one is it yours no it's aiden's yeah yeah aiden's. It is. I haven't seen it for ages. And I nearly had a coffee out of it this morning, but then I was nervous that it might be Aiden's or, and he was on his way in. So I didn't want to touch it in case that might have been his receptacle of choice. I have a mug from the office back home. I have too many mugs as it is. <laughs> but when, when, when lockdown happened, I popped into the office one day to pick up some bits. And one, on behind one of these walls here, there was a Southpaw Regional Wrestling mug. And I went, I'm having that. I just sat there gathering dust. Yeah. I'm going to have my coffee and that in the morning. And it's lived at my house ever since. At one point, I think it's gone now. Mug we, we had like a, a, a vintage 1990s Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan, like smallish mug. And from day one, I was like, I need to find a way to steal that. Yes, <laughs> but it's gone. It's you know, it's one of those. Is it gone? Is it you? No, it wasn't me. Oh, I'd be drinking out of it here oh. brazenly if it was. <laughs> Are you gonna go? I don't know where it went, and then you pick up and you're holding it. I don't know where it went. It was one of those mugs in here, and I know the one you mean. It's like a cartoon drawing of Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior on the mm. mug, but it like it's like a mug that came out of an Easter yes. egg. Yeah, because it's a bit too small. But it's good for a nice coffee. Mm, yeah yeah if you get like a nice intense espresso mm. you can just sort of sip that like a nice posh gentleman uh and get that done but i feel like if you need like a big coffee i need i'm one of those people that needs like a big coffee you know i need a big virgin coffee i need like you know tonight i'm you know as you're hearing this you might be hearing this as i'm at the other job tonight and i'm gonna need a big coffee for that <laughs> and i'm excited about this a big coffee mug at, at our place which i, I kind of claim as my own and that is that's the thought that's getting me through. <laughs> We're interesting men, aren't we? <laughs> we are we are secret magic men. We stay up till five AM. We're also men that go back to 1996. I'm going to, in a minute, let Jack Atkins, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando, the Mulligan to man, guide you through uh, the week, this week in the wrestling, this bloody week in the wrestling. Uh, but a few notes from the real world. Number one movie in the US is one of my all-time favorites. It is The Birdcage, starring Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. What a movie. Have you seen The Birdcage, Jack? Never seen The Birdcage. 
Whoa, you uncultured bastard. Uh, I know, and I'm a big fan of Robin Williams, and I'm a big fan of Nathan Lane as well, but it's just one of those. I remember it coming out clearly. And ever since, it's been like, right, I'll watch that one of these days. And just haven't. Just haven't. Stick it on today for the rest of your shit. Yeah. You got nothing I else mean, on that. You got nothing, no one else there. You and Louie and, and and Poppy. Yeah, just <laughs> don't tell anyone. Uh, I won't. <laughs> I don't tell anybody. If you're listening to this, do not tell anybody at Cultaholic that Jackins watched the Birdcage <laughs> as he went about his day. To be fair, the other day Aiden told me because I was knackered after ring of honor and doing all the news yesterday and he went just go have a sleep no one will notice i was like thanks aiden nice to know that my <laughs> that's your that's your line manager my, my work's appreciated around here great <laughs> the, the day that you can schedule <laughs> we're, mate we're letting too many things slip in these bits i swear to god we talked about mug larceny we talked about watching films whilst you uh, on yeah. shift. We're letting too much yeah. stuff slip here. But I'm saying the day that you could do scheduled Slack posts will be the beginning of the end for this company. <laughs> the day that you can schedule posts on Slack. <laughs> Morning, everyone. <laughs> Written the night before. What a beautiful day we're having outside. It's snowing. <laughs> sideways <laughs> i'd just schedule ha 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 uh, at like 10 12 and just hope that there is something that makes the context <laughs> just be be me saying oh lads i've uh i've got to take the rest of the day off of i've heard i've had to amputate my own leg <laughs> you'd be like ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> i mean i would laugh at that so nobody would question yeah, that's true so you've got to watch the birdcage while you're on shift um, <laughs> and if anyone asks you you haven't come off slack um Number one movie in the UK, Sean Bean in the movie in the UK in 96. I don't know whether you're a Scene Bean fan. I'm trying to think what it could be. Is it When Saturday Comes? It is When Saturday Comes. He's nailed yeah. it. This is the story. Uh, well, do you know the story of When Saturday Comes? I've got it here if you don't. Is it Sheffield United he ends up playing for? He's like a... Um, it is Sheffield United. It's Sean Bean. He's a factory worker, but he realises he's good at football, but there's a lass that he likes and he ends up getting a trial for Sheffield, but he pisses it away by being all drunk and that. But at the end, oh, football. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Billy Elliot of football It film. is, yeah. I don't want to be a factory worker, Dad. I want to be a footballer. You'll be a ballerina like you, Dad. Um, yeah, Hallam FC is the non-league side mm. that he finds himself playing for a bit. And as you say, he flummoxes his chance at Sheffield United initially. Filmed at various locations around South Yorkshire, including Rotherham, Sandygate Road and Bramble Lane. Uh, Joe Elliott from Def Leppard made his acting debut in this film, playing Jimmy Jimmy's brother. But the scene never made it to the cinema because it was cut. See, I'm just imagining Sean Bean covered in mud and then just Joe Elliott, like he's just got off stage at like hysteria, height of <laughs> Def Leppard's fame. Big feather cut hairdo. Come on, Sean! You gotta play football better! <laughs> Animal! Just wearing leather pants. Ow, ow! Not now, brother Joe. <laughs> oh, not now, brother Joe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're gonna take me to play Sheffield United, you've gotta take my brother Joe too. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, that sounds like <laughs> Joe too. That could be a phone company. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sean Bean, who famously dies in every film and sells you mobile phones. He does. And, uh, spoiler alert, he, uh, he he gets decapitated with a sword and when Saturday comes. It's... <laughs> By Joe Elliott. <laughs> hey, brother, Sean, you like my sword? <laughs> oh, me head. <laughs> I cut off my brother's head. You cut head. me head off, Joe. <laughs> Why do I sound like I'm from... <laughs> Homestar run a bad limousine. <laughs> Save the children's. Um, oh. I'm Joe Elliott from Def Leppard. <laughs> can, Colonel XB can make Joe Elliott from Def Leppard in uh, in WW2K22. I'd be delighted. <laughs> Please do. Thanks, Thank Colonel. you. Uh, number number one in the music world in the US is is it still Mariah? It's still Mariah Carey. One sweet day. It is still very much a thing. Well done, everybody. Um, uh, take that. How deep is your love? Still number one in the UK as mm-hmm. well. For how deep is your love? Well done, lads. However, this week, Celine Dion releases the album Falling Into You, an important weapon in the music wars of 1996. <laughs> trying to think what tracks are on that. Will that be like, um... Oh, shit. When you kiss me louder, when you talk me louder, <laughs> Jeremy! It's all coming back! She is. She... Def Leppard, get away! <laughs> it, that, that was the, yeah, that was the uh, little known Celine Dion song with Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam, you're right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a nice when the wind was so cold! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that song is on there. It's track one. Jesus Christ! Whoa. What a what a, what a way to set your stall yeah. out. Flipping eh? right out the gate. You that's 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 like a that's a later in the album song. You earn you earn. It's all coming back to me now. Mind you, actually, I'm gonna actually. Do you know what? I've got, I've got the track listing here. Go of on. course, it's. Do you know what? It's it's pretty much all killer. No filler. No filler. Right. Track one is. It's all coming back to me now. Track two is because you love Oof. me. For all times I've shit the bed. They're not the words. For all the times I shit the bed. For all the times you pissed the bed. For all the times I was sick in bed. She's singing from the perspective of Dynamite Kid. <laughs> <laughs> Is he singing to Bulldog? <laughs> um, uh, then you get Falling Into You, yeah. title track from the album. Uh, make You Happy, I don't remember Make You Happy. Nor Seduces Me, All By Myself. Oh, God. Heck, we get back with a kick, aren't we? The saddest song that ever existed. <laughs> I remember once, I remember once filming Pablo looking out the window and playing that in the background and sending it to Alex while she was at work. She messaged back going, thanks, I'm crying now. <laughs> I said, he's fine. He was just looking out the window. But you put that music over yeah. the top and it's just like, oh, oh, it's horrible. <laughs> uh, declaration of love, dreaming of you. I love you. If that's what it takes, I don't know. It's something called I don't know. River Deep Mountain High, 
Celine Dion does a banging version of River Deep Mountain wow. High. Absolute banger. Uh, Call the Man, which I believe is a song about Randy Savage. <laughs> it's what she plays. It's what she plays when her band start corpsing. <laughs> and, and Fly. I don't know what Fly is. So thank you for listening to the Cultaholic Classic Celine Dion review. Appreciate you being here. Uh, Crofts <laughs> takes place. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that a gear change too many? Um... <laughs> oh mate, this is gonna be one of it because I've just got the giggles today. Ah, <laughs> oh, Croft. <laughs> Crofts. Takes place this week at the NEC in Birmingham. It does not cause Raw to move. <laughs> uh, the winner of Best in Show was an Irish setter called Joshua. That's all I've got for Crust. <laughs> well done, Josh. Well done, Josh, mate. Proud of you, Josh, mate. You smashed it. Uh, that's the real world this week. Christ alive. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in wrestling, oh. mate? Because there's I, I had little... This is your bit... But I always have a little perusal as well, and oh, there's uh, there's some 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 spicy stuff going down there's, this week. Uh, there's some chunks, um, some which will play out. <laughs> there's some chunks when I should. <laughs> um, there's chunks which will play out soon, and there's little chunks which are, as we like to say, little curios. Looking back, where we go, oh, isn't that lovely? Mm. The more you know. So this is from the Wrestling Observer newsletter, dated March 18th, 1996. Johnny B. Bad slash Mark Merrow has quit World Championship Wrestling on the morning of March 11th. We'd said last week that he was working without a contract and we'd hinted that he was unhappy because he doesn't like the storylines he's involved with. But um, apparently he had a big bust up with Eric Bischoff. Um, He'd had an airport discussion with Bischoff prior to Monday Nitro, which we scheduled to be on. But that's gone out the out the window he signed he's expected to sign a three-year deal with wwf imminently um and other rumblings in wcw the nasty boys were let go to bring salaries under control because they're thinking right we've we've got a budget for bringing in scott hall kevin nash and the steiner brothers are back um but even though all this stuff's happened wcw are still bringing people in trying to renegotiate deals Mero and Bischoff, it turned into a major topic of discussion. He quit on the Monday and was buried on air by Bischoff, so you'll have to keep an ear out for when that happens. Um, mm. Apparently his TV title loss was not part of a burial because he was going to leave. But the gist of the situation, according to Dave, and he says gist, and it's a chunk of text like that, so bear with me. The gist <laughs> is that he was working without a contract. His most recent deal was rumoured to be about 300 grand per year, which for... A lower mid-card act. That's pretty good. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that had expired on February 28th. He'd been offered a two-year deal, re- rumoured to be in the same dollar range. Um, however, there were other things in the contract that weren't settled. But apparently, it says here, among the items were the quarterly windows, which allows WCW to fire wrestlers under contract and have further no, uh, no further obligation to them. So they apparently, according to these old-style contracts, they just have each quarter they can do a review and be like, Right, fuck off or stay. Um, he'd been given a verbal agreement uh, that he would be 
still making in the region of six grand per week while he was still in between contracts. He was like, I don't want to get shafted out of money. I'm willing to work, but give me some compensation. So he wanted that signed by Bischoff. He's like, just let me know that until we sign this, I, I, I can still get paid well. Otherwise, he'd be getting $150 per show, which is what like jobbers get, basically. And he, he just kept saying to Bischoff, I want this signed, please. Can, can you sign this, please? Please, etc., etc." Those in WCW claim that what Mero actually wanted to Bischoff to sign was a paper that would guarantee him the amount offered to him for his entirety, so the rumored two years at 300 grand, should he suffer a serious injury in the ring while the sides were negotiating a new deal. So even though he's out of contract, some in WCW thought he wanted to kind of like be like, guarantee me that I will get 600 grand, even if I break my leg not under contract and I'm out for a year and a half. So... Mero was talking with Bischoff in the airport. He said he'd been negotiating with Titan Sports, said he had an offer on the table from WWF. And he, he just said, oh, this offer's better than WCW one, you know. <laughs> what are my future plans, Bischoff? And Bischoff said, I'm not signing anything. Uh, finish up tonight, put Luger over and fuck off, basically. <laughs> uh, Oh, no. Yeah, apparently Mark Mero told Bischoff that he hoped he was leaving on good terms after five good years with the organization. And Bischoff supposedly told him he wasn't leaving on good terms at all. So, Jeez. yeah, it's saying here that because he was out of contract, he hasn't got a no-compete, so he could turn up at any point, but he won't be Johnny B. Bad, he'll be Mark Mero. Well, we'll have a look. Now, 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 does this because do, Vince? We've we've said on this podcast before. Vince McMahon likes Johnny B. Bad. Mm. You know, he's a little Richard fan. Is is old Vinnie Man? Yeah. Does Vince? Surely Vince knows at this point that he can't be Johnny B. Bad in WWF. You'd think, and especially with them making such a stink, or, or go on to make a stink about owning the Razor Ramon character and the Diesel characters, and it's already been. With, with the rumblings about Hall and Nash's future, it's already been said in the Observer that if they go to WCW, they're not going to be called Diesel and Hall and uh, Razor. So you'd expect it to be two ways, but Vince McMahon's Vince McMahon. If he can pull the wool over someone's eyes, he he will bring him in as. Mm-hmm. If you can't bring him in as Little Richard, who can he bring him in as? Uh, Tarzan. Tarzan. <laughs> it's kind of where they go, isn't it? Yeah. But like we'd hit, they can bring him in as Mark Morrow. Mark Morrow, can't they, Todd Pettingill? Mark Morrow. It's a little gag, little gag to park for oh. later on. Uh, um, this isn't written in the Observer because this is my opinion. I think Mark Morrow is really underrated. Um, but yeah, Same. great. But uh, really solid worker who kind of had a very high flying style yes. and was able in the latter years to gravitate away from yeah. that. Which I think has kept him healthy. Yeah, definitely. I th- I always have mad respect for those that can that have that pacey style and that energy, um, but as they get older, they're able to organically and naturally slow down and not make anybody feel like they've lost yeah. a step. You know, the 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 classic, the iconic uh, story behind this is Jushin Liger. Yes who made his finishing move a running palm strike, <laughs> but got it over like yeah. Rover. So it was like the coolest finishing move he had. I run at the guy and do that. Like that'd be what I'd want to do as a wrestler. I go, okay, what can I get over that could potentially be very dangerous, but doesn't involve me doing much. It's just elbow in the face. It's, yeah. It's like, we're... I've got the biggest elbows in Britain. 
There you go. That's that's confirmed here. Tom Campbell, big elbows. Um, Massive elbows. But we'll, we'll we'll see you with Mero like in 95 and 96. And he's doing shooting star presses and I'm sure 450s as well. And then he'll transition into, oh, hang on, I'm a golden gloves boxer. I'll just punch a bastard instead. Um, yeah, so, I'm a boxer and women don't like me. So... Yeah, so Mero's out of WCW. He's probably going to be coming into WWF. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Mm -hmm. There's plenty of other talk about wrestlers switching camps. Apparently, there's been at least informal dialogue regarding WCW and Sean Waltman, the 123 kid. Oh, there he is. If you're watching on the Patreon, there's little Sean Waltman, Xbox 1236. Hey, Tom! Tom, can we talk about Jerry Lynn some more? That's my impression of X-Fog <laughs> when he was on Desert Island Graphs. Yeah, because who doesn't love Jerry Lynn, to be fair? Can we talk about Jerry Lynn some more? But yeah, of course you can. So, <laughs> do you, brother? We, we'd been speculating last week because there was a report saying that Hall and Nash were going to WCW and the third man. And they're saying here, oh, it might be the the one, two, three kid. They want to bring him to work with the likes of Eddie Guerrero, which we'll see at... Um, NWO sold out. It's like the only good match on the card. Um, <laughs> so apparently there was talks to bring him into WCW, but it fallen through since Watman's WWF contract has rolled over at this point in 1996. Uh, other names have been bandied about from WWF as WCW officials have talked of three major players jumping, two of which are Nash and Hall. So we'll have to just wait and see. Mm-hmm. But even though Nash and Hall, you say, even though Nash and Hall haven't even signed with WCW yet, they're already ruffling feathers. Because we were saying recently about the rumored salaries they might be coming in on, and you know the the aforementioned Sting money and the numbers that have been bandied around were potentially more than like Ric Flair, maybe more than Lex Luger, etc. So some in WCW are just like, we're bigger stars. Fuck off. We we should be getting paid more. We've done more in pro wrestling. We're Right, ironically, Hulk Hogan, who is still earning tons more than anyone else in wrestling, has apparently been very vocal about Hall and Nash being paid too much and felt the money would have been better spent on Yokozuna or Ultimate Warrior. (laughs) Of course they would, of course. So they're the big chunks. I've got a couple of little bits for you here. So the, the crux of this issue of The Observer, there was a big kind of think piece from Dave Meltzer talking about ECW because 1996 creatively is arguably ECW's best year. They've just got Cactus Jack on the way out. They've had Jericho, Benoit. They've had Malenko and all those lads. They've just got Shane Douglas back. They're starting to build up Taz. So he's wondering if it is just a flash in the pan. And I put spoilers, not quite, you know. (laughs) But it was weird because this week they ran a show in New York um, which featured... Kendo Nagasaki in the opener. Wow. As, as in like the, the, the UK, the Kendo, Kendo Nagasaki. Nagasaki. Yeah, his only ECW nice. match. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Just a little tidbit. I didn't even know he wrestled for them. Yeah. What, one match and this was it. Who'd he face? He was in it. Oh, just a load of no marks and a tag match. Apparently it went uh... a minute. He was the only one who got a reaction. Then he left his partner and the Sandman came out and twatted everyone with a big stick. Um, <laughs> and that's so good. Cactus Jack has also finished up with ECW, so he's finishing his commitments. The vignettes have started for mankind, so it's it's just a matter of time now until he's on TV. Um, 
Yeah. Now I'm googling. Uh, now, okay. So we've gone to cage match. Yeah. Uh, for Kendo Nagasaki, and um, I'm wondering if. Uh, yes. Okay. It's it's. I don't think it's the Kendo Nagasaki that we know. Ooh. No. See, there's two Kendo Nagasakis. Ah. Uh, one is otherwise known as um mr sakurada yeah or dream machine or kazoo sakurada right uh who is it oh, but was known in some circles as kendo nagasaki as well so you're forgiven for thinking that surely there's not two kendo nagasakis <laughs> uh <laughs> sadly it's not the one that we love i am sad to report some english fella in a mask pretend to be japanese Exactly. Yeah. It's 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 Kendo Nagasaki and Chris Michaels at the big ass extreme bash yeah. facing Damien Stone and Joel Hartgood. Yeah. Here's a lot of no yeah. names. Yeah. Uh do you want some USWA news? I would love some USWA. So we news. said the other week that uh <laughs> Sid Vicious turned up in the USWA and went, Ah, oh, I'm retiring and everyone in WWF <laughs> went, What? You're still under contract? So uh, yeah. apparently this week in 96, Sid had continued to work as an announcer with no angle involved. Although the story about his career ending injury is definitely a work because he worked an indie show on 9th of March in Yazoo City. Uh, that was probably his first match back <laughs> since getting injured. Where the only way is up. Baby. <laughs> Switch on the taps and nothing but milkshake comes off. <laughs> so, so Sid's not retired. So much, much to our surprise. Uh, a little WCW one. This one also, at the time, would have been surprising, but in hindsight, it's a, a no-shit moment. So expect Eddie Guerrero to get a major push since WCW did a marketing survey and found that of all the wrestlers in WCW, the wrestler with the highest likability quotient was Eddie Guerrero. So they just asked people, right. who do you like? And everyone just went, well, it's Eddie Guerrero. Look at him. He's great. Um <laughs> WCW was surprised with the results. There were other items such as there was a major correlation between how much the general public liked someone and their work rate. Alex Wright was a surprise in how well he was liked. And WCW was surprised at how disliked Hulk Hogan was. And Sting fared well, but not nearly as well as people figured he would. So, again, in hindsight, you're just like, well, no shit. Like, Hogan in 96 before, NWO, who cared? Eddie Guerrero, one of the most beloved wrestlers of all time. And Sting, everyone likes Sting. So... Makes sense. Makes sense. WWF, couple of little bits. At a recent Superstars taping, and you put this on Twitter, a newcomer named either Craig or Dwayne Johnson got a pin over the Brooklyn Brawler. Not sure who the guy was, but it was a tryout match, and he looked green, but okay. Craig Johnson or Dwayne Johnson? Good hand in the mid-card, I reckon, that lad. Oh, mate, at the moment, he's a good hand in the undercard, because not only... Did he get a run out of this Superstars taping? But he was in a dark match before the Raw that we watched tonight. Yeah. On his back for Skip from the Body Donners. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris Candido, but you're pinning the rock. That's funny. You, you, you're pinning the sediment Craig Johnson here. <laughs> <laughs> the sediment. I, and and I said, as I said to you on... Um, on chat the other day i love this part of what we do when you go through the you go through the observer and it's all just as it was yeah. and as it was written and you just see craig or dwayne johnson yeah he seems all right yeah 
two other little tidbits. One which made me laugh, and one which was like, oh, okay. So the OK one was, WWF in 96 made a play to bring in Rey Mysterio Jr., but as of this point, it isn't going to happen. So, who knows where he'll end up? Oh, oh if only. I, I could imagine. Would WWF have got behind Rey Mysterio Jr. in 1996? Small, the smallest he'll ever be. <laughs> yeah, probably not. He gets he gets bulkier in the WWF. Yeah, and in the WWE. But um, yeah, this I just I don't know. No. I don't think Vince would have liked it. No, not at all. Who would he have thought? One, two, three, kid. That's about it. Yeah, kid would look massive compared to him. But uh, this last little bit, apparently, supposedly six people have gotten Bob Backlund's autograph since he went on his insanity kick by naming all of the presidents of the USA in order. That's amazing. That's a thing that he's doing. So therefore, if you want an autograph from Bob Backlund, you have to name all the presidents. In order. He won't give you an autograph. Yes. You, he won't give you an autograph if you don't do it. That's so good. <laughs> I just read it. Apparently, like, apparently that's what... It's apparently what Jackie Orlando does when he goes out to stop people coming up to him. It is. Just says, can you name all the prime ministers? Yep. <laughs> In reverse alphabetical order. Yep. Keeps him at bay. <laughs> the question is, who's better, Lord Palmerston or Pitt the Elder? That's what I want to know. It depends if it's a fist fight. <laughs> I heard it was Lord Palmerston. <laughs> <laughs> Palm your hand, more like. Am I right? Am I right? So, are those are those the notes from the week? They're, they're the notes from the week. There's some other little bits that I'm sure will come out while we're watching Raw. Well, not even watching Raw. What am I chatting? But while we're talking about Raw. While we talk about Raw. But before we talk about Raw, Jack Atkins. Oh, shit. I'm going to stick my hand deep in my bag. Ooh. And pull out some paper. <laughs> pull out some emails. Let's take a look in the mailbag. Hey. We've asked you to reach out with questions, concerns, thoughts, and comments at classic at cultaholic.com. And this week, a couple of ones for the classic Raw review. Uh, Akajor 2. Uh, we always pronounce this guy's name i think it's adam warrington hiya adam uh, hi to tom and jackie orlando hope all is well and also sending love to pablo louis and poppy as always thank you very much for the entertainment you provide vince's retirement got me thinking if the classic review figures of fun i.e <laughs> bulldog and dynamite kid had had to do a tweet or message to Vince on his retirement, what would those tweets or messages be? Oh. Much love to you all, and keep doing what you do, Adam Warrington. Thank you, Adam. Um, so, let's... Uh, what would... Okay, so Dynamite Kid. Now, Dynamite Kid was not a fan of Vince by the end. <laughs> was he a fan of anyone? <laughs> no. So, I, I, can, I think Dynamite Kid would have a long run-on sentence on Facebook where he would say, I'm not going to talk about Vince McMahon die, uh, retiring. He's not dying. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Vince McMahon retiring because he still owes me this from the time that I did it in Japan. And yes, I kept his company afloat. And yes, you don't understand how much I did for your, you are company, <laughs> Vince. Uh, uh, all the best though, but don't talk to me ever again, Dave. <laughs> Or Tom rather than Dave. <laughs> no, he decided to Dave. Yeah. He's just, <laughs> he's trying... just a reminder to Davey Boy Smith to not talk to him. <laughs> Don't talk to me, Dave. <laughs> Comments underneath is so... just like, well, that's a bit passive aggressive. It's like nothing passive about it. Nothing passive about it. Don't talk to me, Dave. Oh. 
I think that Tom Billington would be the sort of person that would always write Tom at the end of his Facebook posts. <laughs> Tom, bracket DK, not Donkey Kong. Dynamite <laughs> Don't talk to me about Donkey Kong. All right, I'll, I'll let you do Bulldogs. What Bulldogs uh, tweets or posts say about Vince McMahon's retirement? I think... Knowing our version of Bulldog, he would just... Yeah, it's got to be our version He would of just go on a fucking tangent. <laughs> oh, yeah, Vince, Vince, man, you know, brought, brought us in, me, Tom, and Alice Cooper, and, you know, Ozzy Osbourne, and uh, Alice Cooper was with Jake. I remember it fondly. See, I took Alice to Snake King. I said, we don't eat them, we're just trying to sell pets and that. And he said, have you got, have you got, have you got, have you got anything? And, and I said, I said, I don't know all the best. <laughs> that would just be it. Don't talk to me, Dave. <laughs> I think I think Bulldog would compliment this, right, with a photo uh, of him and Vincent Mann outside of um, out, outside of Ketchup King, <laughs> of him shaking Vince's hand. But it was Tom Billington that took the photo, so it's really wobbly. <laughs> so it's just a very blurry picture of Finger what we think lens. is Bulldog. Yeah, finger over the lens, and it's just really blurry. So it's Bulldog and Vince shaking hands. We think anyway, outside of Ketchup King, and and it, he hasn't scanned it into his computer. He's taken a photo of the photo on his camera, <laughs> and then but then instead of instead of actually taking the photo, he's done a print screen of his phone. He's done a screen grab of his phone, so you can see the battery life, the time. <laughs> the top. He's one of them. He, <laughs> he's one of them. He's one of those people that's only ever got four percent battery on his phone. <laughs> he certainly is. Uh Stephen. Thank you for the message, Stephen. Uh hi Tom and the rambunctious Jackie Orlando, aka Jackkins. The build up to WrestleMania 12 seems to have had a steady pace to it. Nothing seems rushed or dragging on. Everything seems to be progressing smoothly. How does it compare to the build up to WrestleMania eleven the year before? It's far better. See, I wasn't around for the build up for eleven, so eleven was oh god, eleven was um <laughs> it was Bam Bam versus LT, wasn't it? Lawrence Taylor, yeah. yeah. It was all, basically, WrestleMania 11 was all about the celebrities. Celebrities. And the build of the celebrities, whereas this is more about the wrestling. So it's immediately much better. Also, Stephen thanks us for introducing him to Mulligan and Owen. Oh! Oh, You're very welcome. Wonderful. (laughs) I I wonder how they would get on in America, Mulligan and Owen. (laughs) Very, I'm very, very confused by these singers. Um, Carl Robinson, in defence of our boy Gravy Davy, is the subject. <laughs> Gravid David. Gravid David to give him his Christian name. Uh, Dear Classic Raw lads, I have to tell you this plainly. Whenever you two launch into your bulldog impressions, I find myself in stitches. Without fail, I find myself in a sour mood. I, if, if I find myself in a sour mood, I'll think of bulldog trying to explain the most mundane task and I will instantly feel better. <laughs> Thank you for the serotonin boost. Please keep them coming for our Davy or our Davy boy will spark you right the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> kind regards. Former FC Minneapolis centre-back, Kyle Golden Toe Robinson. I wouldn't kick with a golden toe. You'll smash it. (laughs) (laughs) We have got the giggles today, haven't we? 
<laughs> we bloody well have. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, oh, do you know what? I'm very glad that David Boy makes you feel a little bit sad. When you feel a little bit stoked. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> Look, I, I was up till 2 a.m. Leave me alone. <clears throat> oh, I'm just, mate, I'm nervous because, like, behind the, behind the curtains, I'm back on the radio tonight. It's a talk show. And it's a phone-in show. Ooh. And and I'm trying to do. I'm trying to evolve like a Pokemon of radio. We're trying to do it without playing songs. So I just want like I want to do two hours of solid callers and talking. We did it last night with one song each hour. I'm trying to do no songs tonight. I'm slightly nervous, um, but I'm also quite delirious. So I think it might be either the best show or the worst show. <laughs> I'd like to thank actually. On that note, uh, there was a lovely lady that rang up. Uh, her name was Victoria, and she was from Teesside. And with she had no concept of what Cultaholic was. She had no concept of what I did elsewhere. But she wanted to talk about the 1995 Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes! Yes, we will! What was her thoughts on the 1995 Royal Rumble? She says it's the best Rumble. Which, is, which you never hear. The 95 one always gets a shoe in. I think there's nostalgia at play here, though. Yeah. Because for her, it was like the first rumble she remembers watching. And uh, she loved Shawn Michaels and the Bulldog. So that's probably why. Yeah. She said Shawn Michaels was like, he said, oh, Shawn Michaels is like an octopus in that match. Because you couldn't throw him out. And I was like, I've never heard someone refer to in a rumble as an octopus. <laughs> I like it. Book, book Jonathan Gresham for the Royal Rumble. Oh, you cowards. Book him. <laughs> Thank you for the mail. Uh, classic at cultaholic.com. If you would like to send us some utter shite, we will <laughs> read it. Sometimes in our head. Uh, we go to Monday night. Rah! For the 3rd of... Uh, the 11th of March, 1996. <laughs> I think he said the 3rd of November. We'll miss all of the year. Tonight, Undertaker and Yokozuna bury their differences to team up against Bulldog and Owen Hart. Piper reveals who Ultimate Warrior is facing at WrestleMania. Spoiler, he doesn't. He doesn't. Whilst Bret Hart <laughs> and Shawn Michaels go back to their roots to train for WrestleMania 12. We open Raw with fireworks and Savio Vega. Here he is, the Caribbean, the Caribbean legend. Legend. It's a leg end. He is facing the ringmaster. But wait, that card doesn't say the ringmaster. That card says Stone Cold Steve Austin. Vince McMahon even says on commentary, the ringmaster, he's stone cold, that's for sure. And then Jerry Lawler is the first person to utter the words Stone Cold Steve Austin. Jerry Lawler says it first. It's, oh, it's... Oh. Moment. Even though he's still wrestling, he still is the ringmaster at this point. He hasn't got the persona of Stone Cold. Just but knowing even, what's to come. Yeah. Like, he's, he's got the name, but not the, the, the gimmick yet. Mm. How did we get here, Jackins? Would you like me to tell you? Yes, please. So, in the, in the, in the time between we last saw the ringmaster and now, uh, Steve Austin has had a chat with Vince McMahon. He hates the name the ringmaster, and he voiced his concerns to Vince. Now, not many people did this around this time. It was like, oh, I'm just glad to have a job. I'm going to keep my head down. Yes, I will be make a difference far too. Yes, I will be a Portuguese man of war. Uh, Austin was like, fucking ringmaster shit, mate. I ain't doing that. <laughs> Thanks for giving me a job. 
<laughs> what you've given me is shit. Yeah. Can we work on it? Now, do you happen to know, not so much where the name came from, we'll get to that in a bit, but the initial uh, inspiration behind his name change? I know... Not how he got the particular yeah that m- I, moniker, but I I know that he wanted to. He was watching a documentary, wasn't he, on the Iceman Richard Kuzlinski? Kuzlinski, yeah, yeah. And just if you don't know Richard Kuzlinski, serial killer, apparently a mob enforcer, maybe there's kind of it's up in the air. He claims he killed X amount of people, but he may have killed less. He may have killed more. Uh, putting people in barrels and stuff, a giant of a man, and he was meant to be just stone cold, not feeling just, just like an automaton of death. Um, but yeah, so he, he he was watching that just on his downtime. It's like, oh, how am I going to relax tonight? Bit of true crime, fantastic. As I was writing the notes for this, and I was and I read up on the name um, Richard Kuklinski because I didn't know about him until I was writing these notes. We had um, we were watching Black Books. Oh. <laughs> and it's the episode which features the uh <laughs> which the episode i think is called the fixer in which they are teaching mobster danny spudge to read <laughs> yes yeah and all i could think of it's british actor ricky grover do look him up and and, and i was just thinking it's richard kuklinski as danny spudge in my <laughs> head it's danny spudge just like oh look, they all go quiet they all go quiet before the scream <laughs> <laughs> and the breaking of tinders, the breaking of phones and all this. It's a great bit. Anyway, Austin, Austin, love the Iceman tapes on HBO. Uh, obviously, Hitman, Richard Kuklinski is a terrible man. Uh, but Austin wanted to be renamed Iceman. Uh, but it turned out there already was an Iceman in the wrestling scene. There's actually quite a few Icemen in wrestling. Um, uh, Iceman King Parsons was quite an early uh, 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 adopter of the, the, the Iceman moniker. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Northeast would see Bishop Auckland star the Iceman in 2001, who will go on to have death matches with the likes of Ulf Herman and Mick Foley. Oh, bloody hell! <laughs> yeah, the Ice Iceman is a is a legend from uh, from Bishop Auckland. From where, so basically, there's two wrestling legends from Bishop Auckland. There's Iceman and Matthew Gray. <laughs> <laughs> what a team! Anyway, Vince said you can't be Iceman, but don't worry, I will get my crack writing team. On coming up with a name that is like Iceman Ooh. for Steve Austin. <laughs> Ooh. Here's the problem, Jackins. This is a story that is a tale as old as time, but we're telling it again for people who don't know. Here's the problem. Vince McMahon communicated to his writing team, I need a name like Iceman. They didn't look at the man part, but they focused on the ice part. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some bangers in here. Snowman. Right. Ice dagger. Uh, I've had worse. Cool cat. That's crap. <laughs> Chili McFreeze. Chili McFreeze. Fang McFrost. They're the two I remember are Chili McFreeze and Fang McFrost. Jesus Christ. Mr. Freeze, which is already a thing anyway. Yeah. Kind of ice, man. You definitely can't have Mr. Freeze. Now, in their defense, because the writers always get like 
dragged for like, oh, piece of crap, cinema freeze, fiber frost, ice dagger, oh shit. They started to get the hang of it by the end of the list mm. because they pitched the names Cruel Luke and Otto von Ruthless. <laughs> so they were kind of getting it by the end. <laughs> They were starting to they were starting to feed the play-doh through the hole yeah. by the end. Um, but Austin went, This is all bullshit, sod this. And from here lives the story in infamy. Steve Austin's then wife, Jeannie Clark, uh, a wrestling personality by the name of Cherry Blossom from Brentwood in Essex. Essex. Brought him a cup of tea and told him to drink it before it went stone cold. And it was here. Vince Vince McMahon got a phone call from an excited Steve Austin. He went, I've got it! Cup of tea, Steve Austin! (laughs) Milk and two sugars, Steve Austin. (laughs) And the birth of Caniston, Steve Austin. (laughs) Began in earnest. Uh, Yes, that that is the birth of Stone Cold. Steve Austin, uh, well done to Cherry Blossom for coming up with that bad boy and, and writing wrestling history from here. Anyway, it is the ringmaster, maybe Stone Cold Steve Austin. We haven't quite nailed that down yet. Uh, and they're facing Savio Vega, a pacey technical outing to get us started. Vega going for a trifecta of arm drags. But as he goes for the third one, Austin sort of takes a step back and Vega just spins through a loop Walks like off. he's a glitch yeah. in 2K20. <laughs> It was, as I've got here, wacky, but I liked it. (laughs) It's unusual, but I like it. (laughs) Steve Austin slows it down with strikes. Uh, At one point, he puts him in like the shattered dreams position and just starts wailing on him. So Austin's style is already very Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Vegas comebacks constantly shut down. At ringside... We have the strongest man in the world, Mark Henry. All, all the pieces, it's just all starting to fall into place, isn't it? Mm. I'll tell you what you mean. Mark Henry is here to watch the wrestling before he what? represents the USA in Atlanta 1996. Uh, Dave in The Observer is adamant that Mark Henry will have a WWF contract waiting for him after the games. Mm. Well, uh, we'll see. <laughs> Austin roughhouses Vega for most of this match. Oh, by the way, Mark Henry, right little fashion plate. You had that lovely little hat on. Oh, and his cool waistcoat as well. Yeah. And his cool-ass waistcoat. Yeah. I noticed that. I, really like I that. think I've even got a note down here. Just like class waistcoat that, Mark. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, Austin roughhousing Vega for most of this match. Uh, Vega spin kicks back into it, starts the journey back, scraps on the out, and they end up scrapping on the outside. Neither get back into the ring for the 10 count. They get on the apron as the referee counts the 10, and then they both get back into the ring and they're fighting around on the apron. They're punching and kicking. Um, they get back, as, they get, as they're back in the ring, uh, Mike Yoda pulls Steve away from Savio Vega and kind of does an Okada roll <laughs> yeah. as he does so because yeah. he tried to pull Steve Austin away by his pants and then Kyoto sort of loses his balance and Austin rolls with him. It was great. It looked like Kyoto was, was a technical master. He's, he's a wizard, isn't he? <laughs> He's a wizard. Uh, Vega and Austin brawl and nobody can divide them. Eventually, Vega cracks Austin with a spinning wheel kick to get the moral victory, at least. Um, Now, we had at the tapings for superstars, there was some stuff between Vega and Austin. And I don't know where this falls in the timeline. Um, Because at the superstars taping, they had Savio Vega 
teaming with Steve Austin because of Razor Ramon's suspension. Yeah. Uh, and this led to Austin turning on Vega to cause him to lose. Now, I can't, I'm not entirely sure whether this whole match is as, as a result of that mm. or whether this happens afterwards just for the lulls because they already hate each other. Mm. It could actually fit either way. Yeah. Um, but if you know, do let us know. What do you reckon to uh, Steve Austin <laughs> making his, his kind of first appearance? Ice Dagger, Cup of Tea, Milky McAustin. Uh, I've probably had started slow, but it built well. Um, it eventually got the crowd on board. I've got, I thought I think Savio Vega is very underrated. He he can go. He's not the most exciting. Obviously, he's a bit of a meme, being the Caribbean legend and the most underwhelming replacement for Shawn Michaels, as we'll see at some point. But oh, no. the post-match brawl was great, and the crowd were really into it. And I was watching something recently that was talking about Vince Russo and saying that for all the shit he gets... One of the good things about Russo, and whether this was because of Russo or, or not, he wanted everyone on every part of the card to have like storylines. And these, at this point, Steve Austin's not Steve Austin. Savio Vega, he's barely been on Raw. He's probably been on Superstars a lot. But they've got crowd noise here because they're having a pull-apart brawl. And like nowadays, you wouldn't get that in the lower mid-card or the lower card. It's just, it's main event is get those kind of brawls and no one else. So mm. it, it, it was quite hot towards the end of it. And I know that the what this builds to probably lasts a little too long. But at, at this point in time, I liked it. Uh, we get footage from earlier tonight of Mark Henry getting interviewed by Jerry Lawler. We don't hear what is said. I assume Lawler was just being an ass because Mark Henry military pressures him. Again, comes back to that theory that Meltzer has of when Mark Henry is done with the Olympics, he'll come back and do some wrestling. If only there was... And he'll get, he'll get a hell of a contract as well. If only there were some uh, wrestlers at the 1996 Olympics who WWF could get an eye on. Oh, yeah. Mm. I forgot about him. Mm. forgot about Rikol Gaglinski. I was going to say. I was going to say the Iron Sheik. He's gone what amateur. The Iron Sheik. Lipton Papa, ninety-six Atlanta. Fuck Atlanta. <laughs> I'll fuck all of Atlanta, Papa. <laughs> all Atlanta fucked. <laughs> Let me tell you about the Hulk Hogan, Papa. <laughs> the, the Hulk Hogan, Papa. Fuck the Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh, the only Twitter I now follow is Iron Sheik. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bushwhackers are back! Yes! They're facing the body donners in a tag team title first round match. But not tonight, on another night. Hey. But before we can really drink that in, Gold Dust's music hits. Here come he and Marlena to the ring. Did... But before Ooh. we can drink that in, Ooh. WWF Shop is selling limited edition WWF denim jackets. How do you know the limited edition? Well, they've got limited edition embroidered in the shoulder. <laughs> Excellent. I want one of these, but... Is it because it's limited edition? It's because it's limited edition. But it's also knowing how much some of these denim jackets go for now. I'm, I was on Instagram a while back and someone had one of the Undertaker ones that uh, Barry the Dud was flogged in 1995. And they go for hundreds now because at the time, you know, if you got one, you probably wore it into the ground or you just didn't buy one because who wants a denim jacket with WrestleMania 12 written on the back or whatever. But as a curio looking back, it's like, fuck yeah, I want one of them. I really want a WrestleMania 12 denim jacket mm. now. Uh, Gold Dust now in the ring, and Roddy Piper storms out to confront him. Piper asks Gold Dust, "What's your major malfunction, you fruitcake?" <laughs> he says, "He says Gold Dust is looking like some great transvestite." Quote, I've never seen you on a movie set. I've never seen you by the catering truck. May have seen you in a dark alley. How many quarters did you make? Jesus, I was like. Ooh. Roddy aging well. Yeah. Uh, Piper references beating Adrian Adonis half to death with a baseball bat. Says he's not fooled by the mind games that Goldust is playing. Piper says, "Let's get our sexuality right. Who are you? Uh, who you are? Who you are? Me? I'm a lesbian." <laughs> <laughs> so it's just Piper just kind of giving bullet points. He's just going with it. Uh, Piper says when it comes to mind games you're messing with the wrong guy not even Freddy Krueger comes in on my nightmares Goldust quotes Patriot Games in response to this and says that he wants a piece of Piper he then gets down on his knees and invites Piper to his back lot that's where I do my best work and that's where you do yours big boy and Goldust is trying to look up Piper's kilt eventually Piper stops him Piper being very cool with all of this weirdness happening around him uh, Roddy eventually, though, loses it. And as, uh, this, this comes as Goldust puts his hand into Piper's sporran. And when Piper pushes Goldust away, Goldust slaps Piper. Roddy loses his mind and clocks him. You want to fight, you jerk? If it's a fight you want, it's a fight you've got. I tell you this, I'm going to make a man out of you. The backlot brawl is on. 
for WrestleMania 12. What a weird segment, though. Yeah. <laughs> it was the, the weird allusions to Goldust being a prostitute. The <laughs> I've got it. You know what to expect with Piper. He's going to ramble. You're going to give him points. I mean, everyone talks about, oh, you shouldn't script wrestlers, but yeah. as much as I love Piper, he goes on a bit, and you can see why they brought scripting in eventually. But <laughs> for, for exclusively for Piper. Oh, exclusively for Roddy Piper. <laughs> but this is working. It's got good crowd heat. Goldust was eliciting reactions, and as we saw here, when his music hit, everyone went, oh, fucking hell, Goldust here. Something mad's going to happen. <laughs> And obviously being associated with Piper helps, but um and I've I think I've been saying this since my first day on the podcast. I fucking love the Hollywood backlot brawl. I love it. It's batshit. Absolute batshit. And I can't wait to watch it. We're coming up to your favourite time. Oh very much. Oof, so. We are. Oh we are excited for you. Uh tag team action next. It's Alex Porto and Jerry Mead. Versus the Godwins. Oh my God, they've got a dog. Did you see the bollocks on this dog? (laughs) Bulldog was envious. (laughs) Big, big dangly bowels on the beagle with the Godwins. I couldn't find any information about the beagle. Uh, Just on the odd occasion, I think Hillbilly Jim might just bring his dog to work. (laughs) And they go, let's just make it part of the shtick. Uh, There was two dogs in this match. There was the beagle and Pug Porto. At this point, known as Alex Porto and his tag partner, Jerry Mead. With the worst <laughs> gear I have ever seen. I have this theory before you started, Jackins, that <laughs> when, um, when when enhancement talent was brought in, they weren't allowed to wear what they would normally wear. Instead, there was like a lost property bucket, mm. uh, like a lost property box, which was just full of like random singlets and boots. And you just had to make an outfit from that. I'm still convinced that this is the case. Well, yeah, if, if you've not seen the match, <laughs> Jerry Mead, right, so he's wearing <laughs> shiny Mead. pleather shiny Jerry Mead pleather sounds shorts. like a name that we made up. It does. Oh, the it? cantankerous Jerry Mead in his pleather shorts, <laughs> boots and socks, a tight black t-shirt and sensible hair. He looked <laughs> terrible. The sensible hair bit is my favourite Oh, God, it just didn't work. He looked like a member of Raven's flock who was an accountant (laughs) by day. It just... (laughs) Awful. Admin's flock. Um, (laughs) This is a showcase for the Godwins. Phineas gets a hot tag. He starts doing that thing where he starts hitting everybody and then mule kicking like he's having a seizure Mm. until Hog comes in and calms him down. Weird little gimmick that I vaguely remember from Phineas. That you get a hot tag and he just wouldn't know what to do with himself. It, it got a little reaction, though, to be fair. People were like, oh, look at that man having a seizure. Ooh, this is look at that man having a seizure. Get a pen under his tongue. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, brief comeback for Porto, uh, but he gets slop dropped for her for the three by Henry. Again, just, just showcasing Henry O, Phineas I. They've got tag titles in their future. And uh, we're just filling a bit of time on a live episode of Raw. Well yeah. done, lads. Well done to the dog, who looked terrified. <laughs> Poor little bugger. Poor little bugger. Shawn Michaels is at the Alamo! The waiting Alamo! For, uh, waiting for the Voodoo Kid Mafia, presumably. Hickenbottom! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're to have a real fucking fight. All right, mate, chill. <laughs> Can I have my job back? Yeah, sure. Um... <laughs> I'm expecting Road Dog to be getting a phone call any time now. now oh, definitely. Like oh, definitely, yeah. 
Um, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart have a date with Destiny at WrestleMania 12. So we're going to get some video packages that are going to tell the story of how they are training. Uh, Bret Hart's coming up in a second, but we start with Shawn Michaels, who is indeed at the Alamo in Texas. And he introduces us to his friend and mentor, Super Sock Jose Lothario. Who has Shawn Michaels got to train him for the biggest matches of his career? Why, the Mexican luchador sensation that had a 500-match losing streak. <laughs> I never knew that. Fantastic. <laughs> saying, uh, saying that, though, who's who's one of the best trainers today? It's Brian Myers, and he had a big losing Albert. streak. Albert. Albert as well, yeah. <laughs> That's, do you know what? Maybe there is a, there is a correlation. There's a correlation between wrestlers with losing streaks being great trainers. Mm. Those who can't do, teach. Uh, <laughs> Lothario, uh, there's a little bit of backstory on Jose for you. Started his career back in the early 50s in Mexico. An accomplished boxer and a wrestler. The super sock name came from the fact that he was a good old pugilist uh having already earned success in mexico as a luchador he headed to america and uh, in the late 50s he was working in the carolinas under the name joe garcia he made his way over to the gulf coast as el gran lothario which was the nickname that pretty much stuck around for the rest of his time he was obviously playing off his background in boxing for a lot of this as the name super sock came from and it would lead to him becoming brass knuckles champion in various territories uh, with those rugged tape fist belts. Have you seen you seen Brass Knuckles titles, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. They were quite a thing back in the 60s, weren't they? Yeah. Is there enough, do you think, to make a, a list of great Brass Knuckles champions? Well, whenever I hear Brass Knuckles, I always think of the FMW main title, which was the Brass Knuckles Championship. I'm sure Terry Funk held a version of it in the NWA, probably like Texas or something like that. I reckon it, th- th- there's enough for a, a dive, definitely, yeah. I think it's definitely, there's something most definitely in there yeah um he would also become a tag team champion uh around across across his wrestling career uh winning tag titles with the likes of mil mascaras uh chief j strongbow and rocky johnson who would have a son called either craig or Dwayne, <laughs> and who hbk wouldn't want to work with until he became not. big and then the rock told him to fuck off apparently oh that was the dream match we'll never get yeah rock and Shawn michaels what fun they'd have they would have had a great time. Yeah. Uh, Lothario trained Shawn Michaels back in the 80s. They met up after his dad played golf with a friend of a friend of Jose Lothario's. <laughs> it led to a conversation because Shawn had already said to his dad by this point, I really want to be a wrestler. And and his dad got talking to this guy and said, oh, my son wants to be a wrestler. And this guy sort of turned him around the idea of Shawn being a wrestler. And an, agree- an agreement was made that Shawn Michaels would go to, go to college, go get a degree. And then if he still wanted to do the wrestling thing, he'd do it when he comes back so sean went for, went and did two years uh, at, a, at a college in texas where he got uh, a degree in creative communications and psychology mm. he said because he picked those they thought they'd help he'd help they'd help him with the wrestling yeah which isn't a bad shout yeah. um jose said all right i'll train your son he's done his thing that'll be three grand please uh sean's dad took out a loan to make sure that uh, sean could get the could, could get the training but he basically had five days of training per week uh the two main things that Shawn michaels says jose lothario taught, taught him was how to take bumps and how to do a moonsault <laughs> 
because Jose recognized that wrestling, were, you know, that luchador style was starting to pick up pace mm. in America. So he was kind of going, look, learn how to fall properly and protect yourself. And then if you can crack a backflip off the top rope, you'll do all right. There's something to be said. Yeah. Shawn Michaels doing all right. Anyway, Shawn Michaels is going back to basics at Jose's old training school. He's running upstairs. He's doing uh, boxing, punches and kicks. And of course, he's doing a handstand pull-up on a raised metal bar. This is a clip that will be used yeah. in video packages for decades to come, won't it? Because it looks fucking insane. And you're like, oh my God, this lad's a beast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sean asks Jose, did you ever think I could be WWF champion when you trained me? To which Jose was like, yeah, of course I did. At the time, I doubt Jose thought that. He thought, oh, get in, three grand. <laughs> do a backflip. Cheers, sucker. Yeah, just fall over and do a backflip. Yeah. I'm, off. I'm, off. I'm off for a sarsaparilla. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm off to lose another 200 matches. So we have the Shawn Michaels. So, so you were, do you remember these? I do. you remember watching these? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've watched these and I've... As we'll get to, I've uh, I've watched in the past Bret Hart's take on these as well. Oh, well, I'll tell you what then. I'll talk you through Bret Hart and then I will. I want to hear your takes on the whole yeah. package. We'll talk through Bret. From here, we go to Calgary, Alberta, Canada. An aggressive Jim Ross voice says, like the cold Canadian Rockies, Bret Hart is rugged, dangerous and respected and <laughs> covered in soil. Um, <laughs> But no one wants to climb him. Brett says Sean's style is akin. Now, this is really key. So we're getting clips of, uh, we'll get clips of stuff happening. But Brett at this point is talking about Sean Michaels wrestling style. We've just seen the montage with him and Super Sock. And Brett says Sean's style is akin to the Mexican style. To which Brett Hart very smugly says, when you talk tough, I don't know any tough Mexican wrestler. <laughs> the man who would not doubt El Dandy. Yeah, who are you to doubt to El Dandy? <laughs> he was he was fucking doubting El Dandy in '96. He was a real jam up guy. <laughs> he was a proper jam up guy. <laughs> Talking to jam ups, we get a video montage of Stu Hart engaging in his favourite pastime, stretching the shit out of his children. <laughs> <laughs> People believe, and then Bret Hart for Bret Hart, you you piece of garbage. I love you, Bret says. People actually believe Shawn Michaels is the best wrestler. And that just drives me nuts. He looks genuinely cross about it. Shawn Michaels knows he can't lace my boots. Shawn Michaels is very good, but he's not and never will be the best. Wow. I forgot how heelish Brett was in the build-up to this match. Very heelish, but, you know, also, you know, speaking the truth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, is that a bit about no tough American, tough Mexican wrestlers? Uh uh, no comment. <laughs> that, that's, that's Brett with that's Brett with no desire to visit Santa Baguito ever again. But uh, yeah, very 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 heelish from Brett. He's really downplaying Sean. Um, really. But HBK looked a million bucks. He looked amazing. You know, everyone loves a good sports training montage. I've gone on before about how I like sports presentation sometimes in wrestling. Um, and yeah, Brett looked a bit shit and. At some point, I've seen Brett commenting on this, saying, look at Sean in these videos. He looks amazing. He's doing these inverted pull-ups. It's the big childhood story. And says, and then look at me. First of all, you've got my dad stretching me. And then they made him run in Calgary in the winter. And he says, it's so icy. I'm trying not to fall. So he's like, so you've just got me just kind of like limply jogging, trying not to fall, looking like I'm hurt. And then cutting to Shawn Michaels with his abs going insane, doing inverted push-ups. He was like, Sean looked so much better. 
So, so is is this Brett just kind of kind of going ah shucks to the whole thing, or is because I can't ever feel like is this Brett just going why don't they make me look good? I can imagine a bit of both. Yeah, yeah, mate, you're in Canada. I'm sorry that you can't. You, yeah, I'm sorry that you can't look glistening in the in the cool hot light of day in Mexico in the same way that you can in Canada, <laughs> Texas. Sorry, not like it's Canada. It's cold. It is. City Billy. What, but no, I really yeah. like these. These they'll play these again at WrestleMania. I seem to remember. These yeah, these are really good. Cause like we were saying when they did the face to face with Piper the other week, the way that they are presenting it is it's not that Sean hates Brett, Brett hates Sean. Ooh, let's settle this in the ring. It's just like let's find out who's the best. Here's our two different styles, here's our two different mentalities, and then let's just put on a bloody good show. Let's have a bloody lovely fight, both of us. <laughs> What a lovely time we will have. Uh, on to the rest, back to the wrestling now. It's Hunter Hearst Helmsley making his way to the ring. Oh, Helmsley, we will be facing the ultimate warrior at WrestleMania, says Vince McMahon. Oh, okay. This bleeds into a video package for the <laughs> ultimate warrior. He's back and you ain't seen nothing yet. Like they were hyping. Like, okay, last week Piper said, I'm going to tell you who's facing the ultimate warrior. And it's amazing. It's huge. It's massive. It's ah. Oh. Uh, and then this week it's like, Piper will tell us who's facing the warrior. <laughs> and then come like 45 minutes into the show. Oh, it's the Helmsley. Yeah. Yeah. He just, yeah. Good, good, good luck with that hunter. Yeah. yeah, have fun with that one. Yeah. Uh, tonight, the future head of WWE creative and EVP of talent relations, the man who will inherit the keys to the kingdom, is facing Vin Greer. Uh, Michelle Snickler is on Hunter's arm this week. No backstory on her. She looked miserable. <laughs> she looked absolutely miserable. Did get a lovely smooch from Triple H, though. Did, didn't she? Yeah. His opponent is Vin Greer. No backstory on him either. Nope. If you do Google Vin Greer, you get pictures of a lovely Domain Greer ganache red wine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Pam Greer and Vin Diesel uh, together at last. Oh, if only, if only. Uh, so they're hyping the Ultimate Warrior at this point. Quick note from The Observer. I don't know whether you caught this. A little bit about Jim Helwig in The Observer. No, I didn't. And I'm usually right. bang on Helwig news. Well, don't worry, because this was buried in the middle of something. Uh, Jim Helwig would only let a professional bodybuilding photographer shoot his publicity <laughs> photos. He didn't trust the WWF to take any photos of him or anything like that. So they've hired, they've had to, at great expense, bring somebody in for him. Uh, it's the son of Jim Mannion, who is a, 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 photo, a photographer. Uh, the irony here is that Mannion was a bitter enemy of Vince McMahon's during the bodybuilding business promotional war that Vince McMahon lost several years back. So Jim Mannion, uh, the Mannion family, uh, were part of a, a reputable part of the bodybuilding industry that scorned Vince McMahon when he started <laughs> Body Stars. So Vince had to get on the phone and go, oh, hey, pal, um... Yeah, I remember when I was doing that. I'm sorry, but can you come take some pictures of the Albert Warrior? Because he won't let me take any. <laughs> he's, he's big. Ooh. Warrior big is already proven to be just a piece of shit. Yeah. He hasn't even wrestled yet. And it's already hard. It's already hard work. Just a, just, just a difficult boy, isn't he? <laughs> anyway, uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Vin Greer. It's all Hunter. We've got to make him look tough because he's facing the ultimate bastard warrior in three weeks. Yeah. Jeez. Because like, this... And anyway, slaps, strikes, pedigree. Hunter wins. 
Why are we putting Hunter in there with the Ultimate Warrior? Like, who else could you have put in there? I mean, and, 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it just it feels like this, this is going to be a showcase match for the Warrior. Yeah. But Hunter's been on a bit of a, a bit of a roll, like on the sly. Yeah. Just like just chalking up some W's, you know, getting over a character that people don't like. Feels such a waste to feed him to the warrior like this, and it's gonna be feeding him to the warrior. Oh god, ah, uh, yeah. Same way that you'd feed a piece of meat to a lion. It's <laughs> gonna be a, a tough one for for a uh, future head of creative and future executive <laughs> vice president of talent relations, Triple H, to to swallow down. Uh, in ter- in terms of like the real world stuff, um, are you as buzzed as I am about Triple H now running the company? Uh, yeah, it's... I really am. When when I said to you the other week when we were talking about our view and habits and I say that I'm a... Even though a passionate fan, a fair weather fan, I will come and go and come and go until something hooks me in. And just knowing the work Triple H did with NXT, if he can somehow get his ideas into creative, fuck yeah, I'm... My eyes and ears are open. I'm, I'm hoping... The old, the old saying, isn't it? A rising tide raises all boats. So hopefully this pushes WWE better, which pushes AEW to be better, which pushes WWE to be better. So I think this is a win-win situation for everyone involved. I like the way you say, like if he can get if he can get some of his NXT ideas into WWE, at which point Triple H goes, "Oh, I don't know. Let me ask the head of creative, Triple H. Can I get some of these ideas in? Uh, yeah, go for it. Thanks, Triple H. You're welcome, Triple H." Yeah, fucking Gargano's winning the title. Eat a dick, everybody. <laughs> yes, I'm excited. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm genuinely buzzing about about the stuff. There's a video that's going on to the channel. We should be on there now, uh, which I recorded today. Which is how WWE could look with Triple H at the helm and what could be coming forward. And there's so many. Like, I think the idea of um, those words that are banned being binned off. Like more freedom with promos, I think a stronger uh, relationship between w- between NXT and the main roster. I think we revisit the idea of the NXT territories. Yeah, I think that's something that he has planned as well. You know, years ago when there was this conversation about NXT Japan, NXT India, NXT Canada. Like, I think we revisit that again. I think there's loads of possibilities because it's even though he's obviously WWE to his core. As a kid and as a fan, and when he started training, he's an NWA boy. So he's going to, like you said, the territories. Like you said, long-term storytelling's a bit of a grittier edge. He's a, a traditionalist. He has respect for the So like you said, title belts and referencing what things have done in the past. I hope these things do come to fruition. We will find out. Mm. We're back in 96 now where we're getting the geriatric match report with Scheme Gene. Kenny Loggins said it best. This is it, said Skeet Gene as he plugs the Huckster versus the Nacho Man. The free-for-all on the free-for-all. A stipulation has just been added. Breaking news. No handcuffs and no ladies' shoes are allowed at ringside. Plus, billionaire Ted will be the special guest referee. How is the Huckster trading for this match? Let's cut to a trading montage where he slowly, awkwardly is squatting and doing press-ups whilst taking oxygen. <laughs> this is... And, and this also... 
funny creaking sound effects as he's doing pull-ups and press-ups. It's because he's old. It's very 1970s. It's very Benny Hill, isn't it? It is very Benny Hill. Nacho Man is training by looking for the psychological edge uh, as witnessed by experts trying to get his hair to grow. Did you notice that one of the experts looked a lot like the genius as well? I thought one of the experts looked a lot like Vince Russo. So did I, but just the way with his glasses and his hair, it, it, it looked also like Lanny Poffo. Gee, and like, like a bit leaping Lanny. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, check that again. It, it wouldn't be surpri- I wouldn't be surprised if it was somebody like that. Yeah. Could have been. Uh, so that is that is our free-for-all match for WrestleMania in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Scheme Gene signs off with a plug for the hotline. Rumours are flying about the sun and the possibilities of darkness tonight. Call the hotline <laughs> for the scoop. <laughs> Little cheeky. 1-900-Lying-Baldy. <laughs> that, was that the line? 1-900-Lying-Baldy. That's the number. Wow, I didn't I, spot obviously that. Not, not a real number, but yeah. But, uh, oh, that's yeah. cool. Didn't spot I think that at all. These have outstayed their welcome now. As much mm. as I was liking them, when they fell, they fell off a cliff, and I think they've petered out now. But I think they're, I think they're yeah. on the way. We only got a couple more weeks. Yeah, yeah, a few more weeks, a few more weeks. We get a tease for next week. It's Bret Hart versus Tatanka in a WrestleMania tune-up. Good luck, Bret. <laughs> Good luck, Bret. Indeed. Owen Hart and the Bulldog are out for our main event against Yoko Zuda and The Undertaker, a tag team match where the differences are being put to one side. Uh, Taker is making his entrance, and Diesel is watching whilst messing with his glove on the monitor. Now, Diesel says something quite interesting here, as he has a little handy-wanky. He's teaming up with Shawn Michaels uh, in a series of tag team matches, presumably at house shows, where they're facing Brett and The Undertaker. And Diesel says... I hope the rumors involving Shawn Michaels aren't true. And when Vince asks him to elaborate, Diesel pushes the camera away. Now, I think at this point, Diesel was supposed to push the camera and the camera fall down. But what ends up happening is that he pushes it. It goes a little bit further back and then Diesel's just staring at it, (laughs) looking cross. I don't think it was meant to happen. It's just... When WWF's hokey, it's just, it's the best, isn't it? What do we think he was alluding to here? I'm sure I saw something in the Observer, just like a little tidbit saying that they're trying to push him more heelish. He was tweener, but they're trying to go, right, he is, he's a heel. He could turn on Sean, give Sean a bit more babyface sympathy. But as to what the rumors are, no idea, no idea. Mm. I, I do I feel like this is leading to like Diesel being worried that he's Shawn Michaels is being too nice a guy maybe yeah, yeah. potentially like he's sold out in Diesel's eyes maybe mm-hmm. uh, Taker and Yoko do a stare down they look like they're going to either fight or kiss they eventually turn their attention to Owen and Bulldog who they do kiss <laughs> then they beat them up clattering them from either side of the ring now they're, they're all four of the guys are in the ring at the same time the ref initially is trying to get it all back to normal then he just goes ah fuck it crack on and just lets it become like a four-way or free-for-all tag match and who's the ref uh, it's kayfabe crappest ref ever earl hebner it's earl hebner he earl more than a job's worth hebner just letting <laughs> them all crack on uh owen owen and bulldog are said crashing into each other like a bread king meeting a burger king. Oh, 
See what you what you do is you get you go to Patty King. <laughs> Not Patty Patty, Patty King. Was she a soul singer from the seventies? She was. She had lots lots of hits. Number six in Ireland and number fifty two in the Netherlands, which was good. Number fifty two bus. <laughs> Oh, and you go, you go, Patty King, not Patty Cake King. We haven't opened that yet, but Patty King. And you go to Bun King, and you can just have it with the bun, or you can add sauce and lettuce and that from the you know associated places. <laughs> we tried to break into the uh, the home furnishings market with Sofa King, but people said it sounds like a swear word. And I was just like, well, that doesn't sound like bastard. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking of bastard king round the corner. <laughs> yeah, what you sell there, bastards? You f- absolute swat of a ha- ass. <laughs> <laughs> Minutes into this match, Bulldog opens six branches of salad king. Um, <laughs> minutes into this match, Diesel stomps towards the ring and he twats Paul Bearer with a lariat and gets some good punches in there and then just leaves chuckling away to himself like he just bought the last biscuit from the... He's got the last biscuit from the jar. <laughs> Undertaker realises what happened and Paul, lying on his back, points down the ramp to go, go get him! He did a hurt me! Undertaker, of course, goes as the show goes to break. We're back from break. Yoko getting beaten up by Owen Hart and Bulldog. This main event is a mess. Yes. It's not even a main event. It just feels like a brawl with extra steps. Yoko starts to mount a comeback as Vader bombs to the ring and fucking clatters Yoko with a clothesline from behind. Commentators put over how intense this is. The fact that, Jesus Christ, Vader has just floored Yoko Zuna with one punch, with one, one lariat. Yeah, one dig, yeah. Fucking down he goes. But don't worry... Who's this bursting into existence to make the save? Ooh! Ahmed fucking Johnson! Uh, he wipes out Owen, Bulldog, and Vader to a huge ovation. Big l- flying clothesline on Vader takes him out. So, uh, 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 Yoko's getting back to his feet. Ahmed Johnson's got this. Oh, here's Jake Roberts. Here's Jake the Snake. Just as everything's in order. And then the bad guy's see this as a worthy distraction and start taking over on the on the good guys. But officials flood the ring. The crowd are eating this up, though. Yeah. And they are buzzing to watch Yokozuna and Vader rolling around on the canvas. Yeah, as, as soon as those two, like, lock eyes and start twatting each other, the crowd go berserk. It's fantastic. Vader is not happy because he ends up getting dragged away from the fight. He's banging a chair into the ring post. He and Camp Cornette are beating a steady retreat. Booze from the crowd for the way this ends. I think they were enjoying watching Yoko and Vader beat each other up. Yeah, yeah. They were really into it. Uh, but this sets up our... It hasn't done so yet, but I think next week this might get announced. Our six-man yeah. for WrestleMania, which will see Jake Robinson, Ahmed Johnson teaming with Yokozuna to face the Owen Hart, British Bulldog, and Vader. This is covering for the fact that Vader and Yoko are... Uh, they are they are fit for purpose right now. <laughs> not at all, not at all. Thoughts on the main event? Well, like you said, it was it wasn't really a match; it was a brawl, and it it's basically what we're going to get with the attitude here, isn't it? But the crowd were hot, and this wilder way of booking—we saw it in the opener with Savio Vega in Austin, and we saw it here. You know, having the referees come out to break stuff up and the bells ringing—it's just anarchy. It's working. Um, mm-hmm. p- 
people are into it. And as we saw with this as well, this arena, you can see week by week with Raw. Obviously, it's the build to Mania. But the arenas are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the crowds are getting hotter. So it's working. It's definitely mm. working. They're landing some good stuff as we get closer to WrestleMania. And we will be closer to WrestleMania next week. What's coming up at your end? How's, I mean, you're, are you back in the office next I'll be, week? I'll be back in the office for the next episode, yeah. Because the trains have been off for two weeks and um, they'll be back to normal. And then I'll be in, I'll be back in the office for three weeks and then gone for another three. So we'll have to bulk records. <laughs> to be fair, I'm away for a couple of weeks in September as well. So we'll have to, we'll do some bulk recording. Yeah, we're, we're both off at the same time, I think. Ah, maybe we'll take a holiday then. Yeah. We'll put some best ofs out. That'll kill eight <laughs> minutes. <laughs> So we're back together next week. Anything you're working on that you can reveal details? Of? That's just the same bastard managers list. I got a thing the other day. I was like, oh, Max Dupree's gone. Fantastic. Replaced by his sister. I was like, oh, f- <laughs> sausage. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just just working my way through that but and keeping an eye on the news because shit's been hitting the fan what about yourself oh it really has been hitting the fan so yeah um lots of pieces to camera um in the last couple of days uh what happened the day vince mcmahon retired if you've not seen that yet um what could happen with triple h running wwe that'll be on the channel now i do believe uh we've had some great guests on the podcast uh recorded and coming up soon uh and we had you remember the the nonsense with axiom Yes. Uh, uh, how multiple people have accused WWE of copyright and co- cop- of gimmick infringement mm. uh, for, for Axiom. One of those that has cried such a thing is the indie wrestler Razor Wing, who looks, if you look at Razor Wing and look at a picture of Axiom, <laughs> it's stunning. It's stunning. So yeah. uh, I thought it'd be pertinent to reach out to Razor Wing for a chat. So Razor Wing and I have a conversation. You can listen to that on the podcast feed right now. That went on today. Uh, we talk about, I want people to get to know Razor Wing because he's great. Yeah. And sort of talk about how he found out about the Axiom character, how he feels about it now, what he's thinking going forward. You can hear all that with us there. Tomorrow on the podcast feed, a brand new Desert Island Graps. Sammy Callahan's on. Ooh, the, the brilliant team. Sammy Callahan. He's, he's talking about Impact Wrestling, like like how creatively satisfied he is with Impact Wrestling. Uh, yeah. We go through his tattoos. Um, we talk about Wrestling Revolver and like how that is coming back from the pandemic, teaming with yeah. Moxley again. And, and also, it turns out, um, you know the character Andy Cap? Yeah. Right. I'll let you in on the list for the, for the show tomorrow. He he's a big fan of the the snack in America, Andy Cap hot fries. Did you know fries. that Andy Cap had crisps in America? No. He didn't know that Andy Cap was a comic strip. Oh. So we both learned something, and uh, <laughs> in Hartlepool there is a statue of Andy Cap. Oh shit! So Sammy Callahan throws down a Hartlepool challenge. <laughs> <laughs> on desert island graps tomorrow he does that as well as picking his three favorite wrestling matches uh, that's on the podcast feed tomorrow um yeah that's enough stuff i think <laughs> Fucking wonderful. Lots, yeah. lots there i'll have a little sleep in a minute <laughs>
Yeah, I think you should. Have a little sleep soon. <laughs> and uh, you can, of course, get in touch and share your thoughts, comments, concerns, and queries at classic at cultaholic.com. And until we're next back together, he is at Brat Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. We're at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us for all the times you shit the bed. For all the times you piss the bed. For all the times you shed in the bed. For all the times you were sick in the bed, sick. For all the times sick in the bed, sir. All the times shooting the bed, I need another bed. <laughs> Cause it's full of shit. <laughs> Love you, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.